Okay, so here we are, the Deep Dive Podcast. Yeah. Or as the um, the media are calling us, the Deep Dives Podcast. Because yep. we make multiple dives. We're going to dive, man. We are diving into Hebrews a little bit today and diving into our last Sunday's service. And we had Tim Lee. Man. Yep. So dynamic. Tim Lee is... And I anticipated he was going to wear his dress blues, but he wasn't. But I'm okay with that because he was wearing a bright red blazer. Right. And I'm one of the photographers here, and I followed him around, and I took about 300 pictures of him. Every picture I had to turn down the saturation because that bright red blazer was it was electric almost. Man. Yeah. But it looked really good. <laughs> looked really good on him. Um, and, and, and following him around, uh, I just kind of – he got used to me being there and I just kind of got to know his personality. Didn't say, hardly say a word to him. I thanked him right. for being here, but I, I was uh, beside him and in front of him all over the place. Uh, whenever he was greeting people after the first service, cause he was selling some of his products and uh, gosh, there was every, both services, there was people lined up more than a hundred people in line. On, mm-hmm. In both services in uh, Binus, and he met and greeted and shook hands and hugged and uh, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Children, if there were children, he would uh, kind of do a lesson. You know what I mean? Right. He would say, "Okay, you got that book now. And what, what I want you to do is this: is the most important thing is to yeah. stay in the Word every day." You know, and, and right. I got some pictures of him uh, doing those little devotionals with, with the kids. Really nice um, pictures of him hugging. Uh, of people and greeting them, um, <laughs> shaking their hands and signing autographs and stuff. Right. It was re- really nice. It was a nice time. Um, but he is a dynamic, dynamic person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you weren't you weren't able to be here. You had to do some work. Um, yeah, I was. I was actually uh, out of town for a little bit uh, Sunday, um, but I did watch it. Uh, I, I watched it online. Good, 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 good. And uh, so you've seen yeah. him before. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been here many times. I've right. seen him uh, several times, and uh, you know, like you said, very dynamic preacher, really compelling testimony as yes. well. Which you know, which he shared again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pastor Godfrey asked him specifically to share his testimony did, again, even yeah. though he's done so many times here, because yep. yep. uh, there are a lot of people who this was their first time um, uh, seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tim. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's what he did is he gave his, his whole testimony about, you know, growing up in a, uh, in like a farmer or a pastor's kid's family uh, on a farm. And I think he was, uh, the second of five kids and, uh, got saved when he was 10, but then, uh, lived his, his teenage years sort of rejecting that, mm-hmm. not Run, really living for God. and Running away from God is the way he, he, he put it. Yeah, yeah, running away from God. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, he was a, a tremendous athlete in high school, won a yeah. lot of awards and, mm-hmm. and I think track and long jump and all football. that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. football, set a lot of records there and then uh, went into college and ended up <clears throat> like getting – getting fired from his job while he was in college and, and, you know, kicked out of college and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And was, was just sort of like at a very low point in his life, uh, and, and saw a sign in a post office window, uh, with a picture of a a young Marine on it and says, Mm -hmm. we're looking for, for good men, a few good men, Yeah, a few good men. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so he went into the post office and said, Hey, I found what you're looking yeah. for. <laughs> he said, I was full of myself. Yeah. I went into the recruiter. <laughs> found what you're looking for. <laughs> and, you know, it's always funny because I've, I've heard this from other people too. And, and uh, Tim Lee also <laughs> uh, uh, shared this. 
his uh, his um, hatred for being in an environment where there are always rules <laughs> drove him to to leave home and join the Marines. Right. Nobody's <laughs> going to tell me to get my hair cut right? anymore. <laughs> tell me what time to wake up, what time to go to bed. I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, hitting the ground in Camp Lejeune for boot camp was a was an eye-opening yeah. event for him. <laughs> the realization started yep. pouring in yeah. that uh, – He's now in an environment that is heavily guided by rules and, uh, and, and consequences and stuff like that. But uh, In the 70s, Vietnam yeah. was happening, so you know they're hardcore right. at, at following the rules, getting things going. Yeah, I think uh, this was uh, 1971, mm. uh, I believe, uh, that he was uh, finishing up boot camp. Uh, yeah. Or, or maybe nineteen, late 1970, early 71, I forget. But um, <clears throat> he ended up getting... Uh, uh, getting sent out to Vietnam uh, during the war and was uh, on a well. Let me back up a little bit because his his whole premise, you know, he he started his his testimony by opening up to Hebrews twelve yeah. and and reading. Um, I got it up here. It, it starts off talking about, you know, wherefore seeing we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He actually read all the way down through, I believe it was first, uh, verse 12, verse 13, one of those, but um, he highlighted specifically uh, in in that passage of verses where God mentions chastisement, um, uh, verse eight or verse um, verse six. Sorry, for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and and scourges every son whom He receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all uh, are partakers, then then are then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So, you know, talking about that that chastisement, he said he got saved when he was 10 years old, and he became a child of God at that point. And as a child, your father chastens you when you when you get out of line. Right. And that was his story because during his teen years, he, he ran from God during his you know early college uh, career. He ran from God and uh, even going into the Marine Corps, even being a, uh, a, a kid from a pastor's family um, he, on his way into the Marine Corps, he, he said that, you know, he kind of had this conversation with God, like, God, I, I can't, I can't, be the Christian you want me to be in the Marines because like in his mind, the two were, were incompatible. They're mutually exclusive. And, uh, and also, um, you know, there is, there's a certain aspect of it where he was ashamed to be, Hmm. uh, you know, outspokenly Christian, uh, in a, in an environment of hardened Marine soldiers. I remember, I remember that time being, I didn't call it at the time being ashamed, but I wasn't an outspoken Christian. Right. Yeah, we've all gone through periods yeah. like that, I'm sure. I know I have. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> uh, he said that there was this, this one other guy um, that that he would observe who was an outspoken yeah. Christian. Did and, devotionals on his bed. He'd pray with the people on his bunk yeah. and all that. Yeah. And, and that was always convicting to him. 
Um, but then, you know, the, the, there came a point where um, he was sort of positioned face to face with his relationship with God. He was uh, he was assigned to take out some new uh, some uh, some new Marines some, mm-hmm. uh, on a mine sweeping right uh, adventure. Boy, what a job, huh? Right, <laughs> and and he he. Uh, made the decision that he was going to run point because there are a lot of inexperienced guys with him. So he was going to show them how to run point, how to, you know, how to hmm. uh, strategize uh, detecting these mines and right. then setting them off and all that stuff so that, you know, they could then go through that area. Right. And <clears throat> so the first half of the day, he, he did that. And um, at while they were stopped for lunch, one of the other guys offered to take point for the rest of the day. He said, "No, I'll go ahead and take point for the rest of the day. You 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 pick up uh, tomorrow and run point uh, all right. day tomorrow." So it's after lunch, and this was, uh, I believe, he said March eighth. March eighth. Uh, yeah, March eighth, nineteen seventy one. It was during that afternoon. Uh, there was a mine that had gone undetected, and he stepped on it. And uh, blew him, blew him up, blew him up in the air. And when he hit the ground, he he didn't have any legs, and he wasn't quite aware of that yet. Um, but uh, he just knew something was bad. And he woke up a little bit later, and his head uh, was in another soldier's a soldier's lap. <clears throat> and he was taken to taken to the hospital, taken to the uh, the medical ship. Um, and uh, for a time, uh, the doctors didn't think he was going to make it because there was infection and all kinds of stuff a lot of complications uh, yeah, a lot of complications mm-hmm. everything and and it was during that time you know on the battlefield when when the mine after the mine went off that he started having this conversation with god it's like if if you if you let me live if i can get back home with my mom and dad and, and then i'll i'll be the kind of christian for you that you want me to be and do whatever you want yeah, me I'll to do, do whatever you want me to do and um you know it's it's a similar uh, promise that a lot of people end right. up making when they're in, in dire straits or whatever. Right. It's like, God, if you deliver me from this, I'll do whatever you want. Right. I think Martin Luther did the same thing mm-hmm. uh, at one point. But anyway, um, it, so that was the that was the promise he made. And, you know, we, we know the rest of the story uh, because, you know, he was standing there in front of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. not 1971 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he did end up surviving and getting better. You know, he still doesn't have the, the, the legs. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, you know, rolling around in his wheelchair on the platform, he's sharing his testimony, and he's done that in every single state. He's done that in multiple countries, yeah. and uh, has had a tremendous impact. Tremendous, you know, goodness. for, for uh, a series that Pastor Godfrey's doing right now on world changers, mm. he's a good example of a world changer because he's uh, he's had the opportunity to to lead thousands of people to Christ and to yep. share his testimony that way as well. He is the only evangelist that has been given the okay to go into um, Paris Island and uh, give testimony uh, to the Marines. Right. The, the only one ever. And I believe he still does that. And man, what an honor that is. Yeah. You know, what a unique situation that he's in to be a, a Marine from Vietnam, have gone through what he's going through and to come out the other side six quote, successfully, right. you know, doing what God has, uh, wants him to do. Great, great uh, evangelist. Even if he had a different testimony, just his voice and the way he presents things, if he was walking around up there, <laughs> he would still be a great evangelist. <clears throat> Absolutely, you yeah. Know, don't you think he just has that voice? Well, it, he he exudes the persona of what you would think a yeah. marine evangelist would be. Yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. He sure does. <laughs> 
He sure does. But uh, he's a. It, it was a great, uh, a great Sunday. Um, I don't know what the numbers are that we had, but I know a lot of new people right. um, saw him for the first time. We had several, uh, four or five people get baptized um, afterwards. So in that way, it was a success. And uh, anytime Tim Lee is here, and we uh, it was a friend, it was friend day also. So there's yeah. a lot of people there. Uh, for friend day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is something that we had advertised for quite some time mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, gave, gave out uh, cards for people to pass out to, right. to invite specifically to, uh, today's service because right. Tim Lee's going to be there. Great time to do it. That was a good yep. combination of events uh, yep. that we did. So one, one of the interesting things though, cause I want to go back to, uh, you know, Hebrews 12 that he was, okay. uh, Using as the as the the, the foundation that he built uh, the rest of his uh, his sermon his testimony on <clears throat> that that idea of chastening. Well, in in Hebrews chapter twelve, it starts out saying, "Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, for who, uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the way that verse starts out, it starts out, uh, or the way the chapter starts out, it starts in the middle of an idea. Okay. Uh, and, and here, you know, we always have to remind ourselves, and we've done this several times in, in previous episodes of our podcast, is uh, to, to make sure we point out that verses don't exist in the Bible. Right, we've that's we've right. added them. We've added chapter designations and verse designations so that we can more easily navigate it. Right. But... Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 isn't its own separate entity. Right. It follows the idea that uh, that was in chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And, you know, chapter 11, and, and all the chapters uh, do that. They're a continuation of the previous, uh, of, uh, of the previous idea. But <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11 especially is that famous chapter. There's like, I guess, two of the most, two, two of the most famous chapters in the, in the New Testament, right? You have... Um, uh, the love chapter, mm-hmm. everybody knows the love chapter, uh, you know, the faith chapter, everybody mm-hmm. knows the faith chapter, that faith chapter, that's Hebrews chapter 11. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the chapter that came right before this. That's like, this is 12, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's where those numbers work. Right. The way those numbers work. Um, but going back to Hebrews chapter 11, <coughs> um, it, it, it talks about the role of faith. And it says, it starts out with that, that famous verse about faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. And what it means there is uh, he, he's, the author of Hebrews is about to go <clears throat> into this history lesson uh, about uh, the, the history of, uh, of not just the nation of Israel, but even even prior to that, going back into okay. into the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, even before Abraham, okay. all of these great, you know, it's referred to as elders here, but all these big names of the faith uh, from the old <coughs> from the Old Testament, okay. and uh, for the rest of the chapter, we see time after time after time, uh, all these people being referred to as. Uh, as great heroes of the faith, like uh, verse verse three says, uh, through faith we understand the uh, the word the worlds were framed by the word of God. Verse four, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Cain. Uh, verse five, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Um, 
uh, verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen. It just keeps going and going and going and going, and it keeps saying, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, Sarah. So these these all died in faith uh, in, in, in verse 13 after we're given a summary of what their lives were. Said so these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And what promise were they talking about? They were talking about the promise of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, but it, after that, that short interlude, you know, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have opportunity, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is unheavenly, whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. So that short interlude there, they're talking about uh, some of the aspects of this faith that they had, right? And after that, that short little interlude, he picks back up again and, and starts to build momentum again by faith, Abraham, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, uh, by faith, uh, the, the children of Israel, by faith, Abraham, I mean, uh, uh, Rahab, you know, it, it just starts going over and over about all, all this, all these examples of faith that uh, people that these elders in the Old Testament they exhibit in their in their lives. They had faith in in the promises of God, the faith in the and uh, the characteristics of God, faith in the um, the processes of God. You know, all, all this faith that they had. And a lot of times, this this faith, especially that dealt with the Messiah, they died before the Messiah ever came. So they mm-hmm. died before they had a chance to see the the, the culmination or um, uh, what that faith was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he even goes one step further and says uh, in verse, um, let's see, uh, verse 32, says, What shall I more say? For time would, not, would, would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, the prophets, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. He's like, there's so much example of faith in the Old Testament that... When you get to verse 12, I mean, uh, chapter 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing that we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does does so easily beset us. So in other words, (coughs) excuse me, look at all these examples of of faith in in the Old Testament. All of these big names that we know as as fellow Hebrews, mm-hmm. uh, that's part of our, our collective lineage. They still exist, even though they died physically, they still exist, right? Mm-hmm. We, we believe that as Christians. It, and it says, since we're, <clears throat> since we're compassed about, since we're surrounded by so many of these witnesses and, and so many, and since there's just a, a plethora of examples of this kind of faith, knowing that what, what is, what is, all this sin that we keep trying to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the, the point uh, that Tim Lee was making in his own testimony because he got saved when he was 10. So he, uh, he, he placed his faith in that Messiah, the same Messiah that all of these people in Hebrews 11, uh, 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 
you know, died in in faith that the Messiah would one day come, mm-hmm. placing his faith in the Messiah in, in the Messiah at, at 10 years old and then spending his teen years and his young adulthood um, running from that Messiah. Hebrews 12 says, why, why are we placing such importance on this, on this sin and this rebellion? Because mm-hmm. look at all these people that spent their entire lives in the pursuit of Christ. And yet we can't even be bothered by him. Mm. You know, we, we can't even uh, set it in our minds that we're going to tell others that we're a Christian. We're not going to you know be in the Marines and, and tell people, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, I have a relationship with Christ. Let mm-hmm. me tell you about him. Nothing like that. Yeah. Why is it that we're so, so ashamed of, uh, mm. of that <clears throat> when there's such great examples for us to follow? Mm-hmm. But then Hebrews 12, it, as it keeps going on in, into the verses uh, that, that Tim Lee read uh, all the way to verse uh, 13, I believe, starts talking about chastening. So having accepted Christ as his Savior, <clears throat> he was a child of God. And Hebrews 12 says a father chastens his, his children. Mm-hmm. When your children get out of line, what do you do? You usually have to punish them. It's not. It's not necessarily your. You're, you're not punishing them out of anger. You're punishing them out of uh, a desire to have them correct their actions. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, to restore that relationship, and and that's what God does. It says you uh, a father if he loves his his son he'll chasten his son, mm-hmm. and that's that's what God was doing to Tim Lee. That's what God does to us mm-hmm. when, when we're his child and we fall, we fall out of, uh, out of favor or not, not out of favor, but our, our relationship with him is, is strained because of the sin that we're pursuing. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes God will bring judgment into our lives to, to help correct our actions because ultimately God wants the relationship with us restored. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and that right. should be our desire as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably, you know, in, in Hebrews 11, it talks about David. I think one of the reasons that David was called a man after God's own heart, even though he did some some horrible things, I think is because when when he finally came around and realized what, what he had done, oftentimes his first response was, God, I know I've transgressed a person or I've you know done this bad thing, but ultimately and, and foremost— uh, first and foremost, I've transgressed you and mm-hmm. I've damaged my relationship with you. And that was always the first point of restoration is I need to restore my relationship with you so that I can more adequately restore my relationship with others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- I think that's probably a, a significant part of why he was called a man after God's own heart gotcha. uh, because okay. he did that. But, you know, in, in Hebrews 12, you know, one of the uh, – one of the joys that we can bring out of it is that we have a savior who looks at us. Uh, well, we're, we're treated as, uh, as, as a couple different things in the new Testament, right. With respect to love, we've been going over this in our first John series, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're children of God. Uh, you know, in first John five, we talked about uh, at, at the end of our uh, church wide Bible study, talks about be talks about us being joint heirs with Christ yeah, because right. we're adopted children of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the love that God has is the premise of his 
uh, chastening when we uh, when we fall away because he, he once again he wants to restore that relationship. Yeah. We're also called the bride of Christ, and uh, that chastening often comes because that relationship between the bride and Christ gets damaged when when we knowingly pursue. Uh, pursue sin. It's mm-hmm. like it's like Israel and idolatry when they knowingly pursued another god. We do the same thing when we uh, knowingly and consistently choose something other than Christ mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. And that chastening comes about to restore that relationship. So, uh, really, r- really neat um, concept behind that that verse that Tim Lee used, that which provided the basis for his testimony. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Now, Tim Lee was quick to say, look, he doesn't think that he was, he went through what he went through as a punishment of God, as a, as a a discipline of God. Right. Um, But it, it did bring him back to where he wanted, where he should have been, where he knew, no, knew he should have been. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction because a lot of times uh, we think of those things purely in terms of punishment. That's right. Like God that's has right. punished me mm-hmm. for the sin that I've done. But that's an incorrect view of, of God with right. respect to our sin because once once we're saved, uh, God God forgets. You know, that, that's how Scripture deals with it, right? Mm-hmm. He forgets our sin. Yeah. Um, so that sin has already been paid for. Mm-hmm. So there is there's no punishment, yeah. but there is, uh, there is judgment that... Uh, it is purely meant for restoring our relationship, bringing us back to him. And that's why I think it's important that Tim Lee made that distinction mm-hmm. in his own life because he had spent years in rebellion and running away from God, but he didn't see that e- event where he lost his legs as punishment from God. Mm-hmm. It was chastening mm-hmm. because God wanted him to come back to him and restore that relationship. Right. I, I, right. That's an important distinction. Right. Uh, w- one of the things that he said, uh, which I liked, uh, uh, as he said, um, you know, to not necessarily think about um, becoming saved in order to go to heaven, but he said it's not a bad reason, right? But that sh- you know, that's not. We we tend to think about that's the only reason to be become saved, and I, and I started thinking about another pastor that uh, said, uh, once you become saved, you know, you're in the game. But there's still a game to be played. It's great you got to be in right. the game, but there's still a game to be played. You become saved, and I and I guess many people, you know, if my assumption is right, many people are in the game, mm-hmm. but they're not playing the game. They're sitting on the bench, right? You know, and and maybe that's they're okay with that. But I can't help but think that God's okay with that. You know, he mm-hmm. he's bringing you to heaven for a reason. He has something for you to do. And when I started personally looking at it as I'm missing out, Uh it's not me sacrificing things necessarily. I'm missing out on what God has for me and what better way to live than to be in God's hands, in the palm of his hands. When you're there, regardless of what happens, if you're there, wow, there's no better place to be. Right. You know, and there's something, there's some... Um, sad, there's a lot of satisfaction in that, and there's a lot of uh, grace in that, and there's a lot of happiness and joy mm-hmm. there. And regardless of what your environment is, with happiness, grace, and joy, you can you handle things differently. Right. You still grieve, you know. Well, he he even mentioned that too in uh, in the early part of his testimony. Uh, he, he talked about 
you know, there were times in, in his life where they lost a child or they lost a, a grandchild, a grandchild mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And Allie, their grandchild they lost. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the question is, well, how can you have joy mm-hmm. in something like that? And, you know, it, it's, it is an odd concept yeah. for, for someone who doesn't have a relationship with Christ to realize that, you know, there's, even in the process of grieving, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's different. It is different. Um, when you have that relationship with Christ, there's a comfort there, and, and and a joy there that exists, even even though there can be grief over mm-hmm. loss and things like that. And mm-hmm. it's it's a very odd concept to describe. Uh, because it's not really something that has words associated with it, right? It's true. Josh, one of the things, having continuing to, to grieve for my, my best friend, Kent, and having gone through that initially recently, um, and, and perhaps because I'm getting a little older, I can put words to it. I, I know that it's temporary. Mm-hmm. I know that that deep grief and re- whatever the other words are, the pain, everything, I'm allowing myself to go through that because I know it's temporary. Mm-hmm. It's, I will get over that. It's not going to be the same without him. Right. But I know that this deep grief is, is a, is a part of not growing up, but it's maybe it's part of justification. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's part of becoming closer to Christ, you know, yeah. whatever it is, I know that, um, it's not going to stay there. And I can see if somebody is not a Christ follower, you might think that that's going to be your life forever. That deep grief and just starting to cry for, for seemingly no reason. If that's the rest, if that's the rest of my life, wow, that's not a lot of joy in that. Right. But I still have joy, you know, and I think as, as Christ followers, not necessarily Christians, but Christ followers, if we continue to, to do the things that, that, that bring us closer to Christ, we keep seeing it and reading about it. We yeah. might not necessarily, quote, feel that way right now. Uh-huh. You know, we might not feel the, the joy. We might not feel the comfort of, of the Lord, but we know it's there. Right. This is just an, this is an emotion that's going to be temporary. And how, you know, one of the things that he allowed me to do through this is, is to try to uh, see how it can serve other people. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I wouldn't have thought necessarily thought that way. Right. You know, maybe that's part of getting closer to, to God, to growing up, getting older mm-hmm. and, and seeing how your, your, uh, your pain can actually help somebody else. Yeah. Can't help but think that God would like, you know, would want you to use whatever it is that you're doing, going through. Can't help but think that he'd want you to use it uh, to, to help somebody else. Right. You know, being able to be there for Kent's family to me was the way I got through it might sound funny, but that's, that's the way I was able to get through that whole thing. Yeah. It was a different grief on the way home. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was by myself and started thinking and all that stuff, but still I never lost the joy of, of who mm-hmm. Christ was it never, you know, questioned. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy goes to sleep and he wakes up and has an aneurysm and a stroke and, and then is gone within, you know, six hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, that's just, that's reality. 
But from his perspective, that day ended really well. Yeah. <laughs> it think, ended in heaven. Yeah, man. Think about that, man. Wow. Yeah. He's up there with our early buddy Steve, and they're they're feeling bad for us. You know, years, years ago, uh, when my grandmother passed away, I, I was asked to, um, to preach her funeral, which mm. was a really weird request because mm. I'm not a preacher. I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I even told my, my, it was my grandfather that asked uh, if, if I'd be willing to do that. And, and, you know, of course I said, yes. I said, but remember, I've never done this before and mm-hmm. I'm just an engineer. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but well, engineer a sermon, Mr. Man. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I remember recounting, uh, the, the story, of, um, you know, starting when I was uh, a teenager and it this, this lasted for years, but as my grandparents uh, got the idea that they wanted to start, that they want to get a computer and, and start learning how to use it and everything, I, I was helping my grandmother, uh, among other things, um, uh, how to like, at first save documents on a floppy disk and then, you know, and then she would save uh, documents, uh, when, when, um, higher capacity storage mechanisms came, uh, you know, hit the market. Like there are zip disks that can hold a hundred megabytes of stuff. So, uh, we did zip disks and I, I taught her how to use those and then, uh, 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 writable and then rewritable CDs happened. Mm. And so I told her, told her how to use those Then USB thumb drives that happened. And so I told her how to use those. And it it was the same information she was storing every time Uh, she would transfer it, you know, from the, from the floppy disk to the zip zip and you know, all, all that stuff. And so it was the same information and, uh, and, and oddly enough, the, the next, uh, the next sort of advancement in data storage was storing things on the cloud, mm-hmm. uh, where you didn't have to have a thumb drive. It's, you know, in the cloud, yeah. someone else's computer that you yeah. store it on. And, um, uh, I, I remember recounting this in, in, in the funeral thing and saying, you know, it was the same information that was being stored on all of these different devices, um, which, lends itself uh, here to that there's this uh, concept in information science, which is a subset of, of uh, mathematics that says that uh, information is independent of its embodiment. So in other words, um, you know, the, the it, it's the same information, even though the storage mechanism changed. And uh, if it's true for the data that was on that thumb drive or that floppy disk or whatever, the same is also true about us mm-hmm. because the, the thumb drive that encapsulates who we really are just happens to be our, our body. Mm-hmm. Um, but our body isn't who we really are. Yeah, it's, that's a good point. you know, if, if it's a purely a secular perspective, our DNA is what makes us who we are. If it's more of a philosophical, it's, it's our, our personalities, our thoughts, our memories, and all, all that stuff makes us who we are. And all that's information and all of that information is independent of that, of, mm. of the embodiment. Mm. And the hope that we have as Christians is linked to that idea in mathematics because Paul expressed this in the New Testament by, when he said that to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. He was expressing that that right. law of conservation of information from mm-hmm. mathematics uh, in, in a spiritual context saying that uh, when we die, that's not the end, but the hope that we have and the hope that I was trying to express in, in my really nerdy way mm-hmm. in that, that funeral sermon was my grandmother's not gone. 
her body stopped working, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't gone. She now knows, just like Paul knew, that to be absent with the body was to, is to be mm. present with the Lord. Oh, and yeah. we'll see her again one day. So even though we might be grieving because the physical embodiment uh, that we called my grandmother mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, right. My grandmother's not actually gone. Yeah, right. We'll see her again when the physical embodiment that we call us mm-hmm. is gone. <laughs> Man, that's whenever you, if you think about that, that's such a strong um, concept. To have that hope, uh, I think sometimes as believers we take that for granted. It, it's she's I, I moved to the cloud. She's <laughs> moved to the cloud. That's right. She's moved to the cloud. That's good, Josh. <laughs> she's moved to the cloud. Uh, but if you don't have that hope, man, what a dark, dismal place this is. Yeah, it, you know? it doesn't give you uh, the ability to get past grief. It's just yeah it's gone forever. Yeah, it's just it. That, that's it. That's just it. I, and I'm, I'm just thankful that that's, that's one of the benefits, if you will, of being a, a, a Christ follower is, is having that hope in, um, of the future. Right. You know, of, of and, and that also really challenges us too, because, um, you know, Paul said, you know, that, that thing that Paul said about being absent with the body present with the Lord, that's only true if, you have that relationship with Christ. If you've trusted him as your savior, Mm -hmm. if you haven't, that law of conservation of information still exists, but that information goes somewhere else. You know, there's, uh, there's two, mm. it's a, it's a binary thing. Mm -hmm. You're either in the presence of God or you're not. There's, you're going to have an address. Yes. I I think Tim Lee said that you're going to have an address. It's not going to be here. Right. One of the two places, you know, and uh, you yeah, know, there's I mean, there's heaven or hell. There's either in in God's presence or outside of God's presence, and man. and what you do with Christ yeah. is is what makes the difference between those two. That's right. That's right. Josh, thanks. Uh, appreciate you being here today. Did you know that Tim Lee was trained as an engineer? Um, no, I, I yeah, I, I heard that in his testimony yeah. this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had forgotten that. I, did, yeah. I didn't know that either. I, I wanted to ask him what kind of engineer, you know, well, did usually, you say? Usually in the military, uh, the word engineer is slightly different than... Uh, okay. It, it's not to like de- uh, degrade or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different role okay. than what we th- normally think of as like a design engineer or something. Okay. There. It's like a field uh, field technician. Okay, gotcha. So there's engineers in a lot of fields in the military. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Well, he was, he, it sounded like he did, he did pretty well in the Marines. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once he got uh, his, his head on straight, so to speak, he, he was able to, you know, make things happen pretty well. Right. And he, he was quick to say, said, look, I wasn't being a hero or anything. We just had some inexperienced people on the, the march that day. Right. And he just wanted to, to, you know, to show them how it was done. Yep. And, and it, it's funny. I do like, I, I often like talking to, uh, old military engineers mm-hmm. yeah. as, um, they have some really neat experiences. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Developing, uh, flight, um, well, w- w- just, just depending on, on, uh, on what their role was uh-huh. as that, as that engineer, you know, cause mm-hmm. Like the one of the technical aspects of what he did was um, clearing mines, mm. and so mm-hmm. um, you know the the techniques of that and the psychology that goes into 
like walking over death, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff is not the kind of engineering that you get in a four year engineering no, program. I so, um, you know, Thank it's, gracious. it's different than the mathematical engineering that I'm used to. Mm. There's an entirely different world of engineering that mm. he's, he's been exposed to. And it's really interesting to talk to those old guys uh, about those experiences. He was saying, uh, whenever he stepped on the mind, another guy stepped on a mind Mm-hmm. And he he mentioned something about a bulldozer also putting the, yep. the put his bucket down on mine. And I could I couldn't really tell from the story was that happening all at the same time or yes. was it just yeah it it was all kind of like a, a series of chain events. Yeah, that's gracious. why there was a lot of smoke and a lot of chaos. He said um, a couple of us thought we were taking on small arms fire. Man, yeah. oh man, because <laughs> it was just shrapnel going everywhere. Just from one second to the next. Yeah, jeez, just uh, I mean it's uh, un. I can't imagine those that environment that you mm-hmm. would live in. You know, I've, I've watched uh, several documentaries of, of guys from Vietnam and in the uh, World War One, World War Two, um, Korean War. Those were men. Mm-hmm. Those are those guys. My goodness gracious! The kind, the, the stuff that they went through and saw, and anticipating getting getting there, getting to Vietnam or wherever, and just getting on the ground and running and, and fighting. Wow. Right. We uh, we don't know what that's what that's like. And, and from the other side too, I remember um, earlier this year I was uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, we we're at, at, at a event at NASA, and I was there with uh, with my wife's family. And um, this one evening, I was sitting outside with my father in law. We were just kind of chatting, enjoying the enjoying the outside air and all this stuff. And there's another uh, elderly gentleman. Uh, who was out there too. And we, you know, invited him over and struck up a conversation. And he was, uh, he grew up as a, as a kid in Vietnam, mm. in the Vietnam war. Wow. And, um, uh, you know, automatic rifle was placed in his hands as a young boy. Mm. And he was made into a soldier against his will in the Vietnam war No kidding. and ended up surviving that and wow. um, uh, escaping Vietnam, ending up in America, raising his family here oh, and all goodness. that stuff. And, you know, hearing, Hearing the war from his perspective mm-hmm. was entirely different than hearing that the war was. from Tim Lee's perspective. Wow. Because, uh, you know, he was he was under a communist regime that was like, hey, kid, come here. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and he was, I think he said he was only 12 years old. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when, when he started carrying a, an automatic rifle and fighting for, you know, the, the wow. Vietnam side. Wow. And uh, hmm. it's, yeah, it it's... Battle is not a, a good thing <laughs> to, no. to, uh, to be in. No. There's a psychological aspect to it that just, you know, destroys part of you, I think. Mm, no doubt. That's right. I, I mean, you know, you've got to, by default, respect guys and girls that were uh, mm-hmm. have um, served, regardless where they've served. But the, the from back in the day, they've served. That was a different serving back then, I, I right. understand. You know, like you were saying about your friend that you met there, being forced mm-hmm. to do that, um, man unbelievable but we're, we're we're thankful that we have the freedom that they have allotted us um to come to church and worship and sometimes we have bad days at church <laughs> <laughs> you know wow thank god for bad days at church right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> thank god for we the, still have the freedom to be in church that's right we do and uh, we connect to god one another in the lost world by uh, many things that we did this podcast is one of them just yeah. a couple more podcasts josh you want to tell us about those yeah we uh so we have a pack of three podcasts now yep. uh this one which is the deep dives in uh plural and yep. <laughs> Evidently, <laughs> uh, 
it, it's funny. We've, we've, as we've uh, evolved this into the, uh, like the family of podcasts yeah. for Marcus point, yeah. we've gone through several different names, several different iterations of mm-hmm. logos and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So from one day to the next, uh, we're often surprised that the, the, parts of this that are more devoted to marketing that mm-hmm. are really in our, in our hands. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of show up like, ah, that yeah. changed. All right, cool. Ah, cool. Yeah. We're deep dives now. <laughs> hey, nice good. logo. That's us. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. It, this is the part of, of transitioning to a, yeah. uh, to a group. Right. And it, it's, it's cool in a way because now it's stuff we don't have to do. We yeah. just like show up and talk for a little bit and, right. and leave. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> no complaints. No, no complaints. <laughs> and we're in this beautiful uh, studio. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, but the other the other ones, obviously, we have the Pour Over Podcast with Jacob and uh, and Preston, and then we have the um, To the Point, mm-hmm. which is Pastor <clears throat> Pastor Godfrey's uh, uh, podcast, where right. he uh, deals with a specific question for a few minutes. Yep, and. Uh, Hits it hard, hits it fast, to the point. Yep, that's and, right. Uh, and, and moves on to the next one. So They all do a great job of yep. it, too. Good podcast. Really good. So I encourage you that after you listen to our yes. podcast, mm-hmm. you listen to one of the other two. That's right. <laughs> and find, them any, find all of us anywhere that you find your podcast. Uh, yep. Just look we, up Marcus Point Baptist Church, and all three of them should come up. There you go. Uh, Pensacola Campus, Beulah Campus, Pace Campus. You can find us uh, 6205 North W. Street in Pensacola. We have services on Sundays at 9 and 1045, Wednesdays at 630. We have a community campus, we'll call it. Um, We just do all kinds of stuff on Wednesday night, gun club, fishing club, running club, stitching, knitting, knitting club, whatever. Mm -hmm. A lot of things, a lot of things to do. I encourage you to come to uh, show up on Wednesday night at 630 and find a class that you like. I think there's even an exercise club, and uh, ours is the excuse to not exercise. Club. That's right. Yes, that's right. The excuse to not exercise club. gun club. We just sit around and talk. Uh, we connect to God, one another, in the lost world, and uh, we're, we're thankful to do that. Josh, we don't do this very much, but do you mind praying us out? Sure. All right. God, thank you for once again this opportunity that Destry and I have to get, to get together and, and chat about the. Uh, Sunday service and dig into your word. Lord, help us to never uh, grow tired of doing that. Help us to, to spend time in scripture, spend time developing our relationship with you and uh, fostering the um, uh, the desire in those around us to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Josh. Amen. Appreciate you showing up, Josh, and um, taking time out of your engineering and uh, uh, bringing us uh, some tools to get closer to God. Appreciate you. I love it. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon.